Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 28th of August, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Roman Canziani, and then I'll be speaking to Marcus Wachter from our technical analysis team to get his latest thoughts on the markets from a technical perspective. But first up is Roman. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Helen. So we had the eagerly anticipated annual get-together of central banks in Jackson Hole on Thursday, Friday last week. And the financial world was very curious as to whether Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell would provide any new clues on the future path of monetary policy in the US. So did he? Well, not really. While the Jackson Hole get-together has served as a trigger for strong moves across asset classes more than once in recent years, the excitement this time remained quite contained. And according to a Bloomberg analysis, this is because Jerome Powell did not change the message he's been repeating all year, which is that he remains singularly focused on the mission of restoring price stability, so bringing down inflation back to the Federal Reserve's objective of 2%, and keeping rates high as long as necessary to reach this goal. So in essence, he delivered a sort of neutral speech. And the main takeaway for the market uh, is that uh, he considers the Federal Reserve's job not done yet. Uh, By the way, Christine Lagarde, the president of the European Central Bank, also hit the same tone, saying that the ECB will keep rates high as long as needed for inflation to retreat further. Okay, that doesn't sound like a new message then. So we'd expect markets to not react much to his comments, right? Well, absolutely. And the equity and bond markets indeed wavered for quite a while after Powell's speech on Friday before they concluded that there was really not that much news in it and they started trading up. The S&P 500 index closed the day up by 0.7% and notched its best trading week since June, although on super low volumes. Also, most of the European stock markets closed slightly up on Friday to end the week on a positive note. Right. And I noticed that while 10-year Treasury yields remained fairly calm after Jerome Powell's speech, two-year yields saw a bit of an uptick. That would imply increased chances of another rate hike, no? Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, Short-term Treasury yields tend to react strongly to changing perceptions with regard to monetary policy. And indeed, a look at the swap market shows that the market now sees a probability of about two-thirds again for one more rate hike in the US this year. In fact, chances for a rate hike already in September have more than doubled from about 10% before Powell's remarks to 22% this morning. So all in all, then, it's probably fair to say that the upcoming meetings of the US Central Bank remain live. So the Federal Reserve is waiting for more clarity in the data before deciding on further rate action. And what else is there in the news this morning, Roman? Well, there's one particular news I saw this morning. There's a new product for day traders and hedgers alike listed as of today in Europe. Deutsche Börse's IREX starts trading zero-day options on the Eurostoxx 50 index. Such options, which expire every day, have been a huge success in the US because they make hedging specific events like central bank meetings, for example, easier. Their success in the US was really big. On certain days, zero-day options made up for more than 50% of the whole options trading volume for the S&P 500 index. So let's see whether the European version will be as successful as their counterparts in the US. 
Okay. And um, reading the news this morning, I saw that yesterday China has continued its policy of taking steps to bring back investor confidence. This time, the regulator decided to halve the stamp duty on stock trades, the first time they're making changes to this tax since 2008. And they pledged to slow the pace of initial public offerings. And it has helped markets. What's been going on in Asian markets this morning? Yes, absolutely. Those measures together with the brightening sentiment across markets seem to have a positive impact indeed. Asian markets are rallying this morning across the board with the CSI 300 index. Uh, this is a measure for onshore stocks in China on course for the biggest gains in more than a month, up about 1.5% currently. Let's see, though, whether markets can keep up the positive momentum. We have entered a very busy week for Asian Pacific markets with about 360 members of the MSCI Asia Pacific Index scheduled to report their second quarter results. And in other news, Australian retail sales have been reported to have rebounded surprisingly strong in July, which suggests uh, that similar to the US, households there have managed to retain their spending power even after 12 interest rate increases by the Reserve Bank of Australia. Equity markets and the currency have been trading up on this news too. Okay, and what else should investors be looking out for this week then? Well, it's a busy week with regard to economic data again. There are plenty of data released on the labour market in the US, culminating with the non-farm payrolls report on Friday. One day ahead, on Thursday, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's favourite gauge of inflation, the PCE deflator figures, will be released. And in Europe, it's Inflation Week. The preliminary CPI for the Eurozone is due on Thursday this week. So it is likely that markets will remain volatile on very low volumes due to the still ongoing holiday season this week. That's it from me. Excellent. Thank you very much, Roman, for the roundup this morning. Now, Marcus, good morning, first of all, and welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Helen. So I know I spoke to Menzel last week about the S&P, and although it's had uh, it had a better week last week, it's down 4% so far in August. So I'd love to get your latest thoughts, Marcus. Is this a short-term consolidation, or should investors be worried? Um, when we look at the S&P 500, we see... It has been rising uh, since uh, June and then gave up uh, most of these gains. So um, basically the uptrend is uh, still intact, uh, coming from like the 2022 lows. And um, there is also the, it's above the moving average. And we have just seen last week uh, on the week before, we have seen the index testing the 4,330 level which has been uh, support in the June or end of June uh, this year as well. And this week or last week, it managed to close above uh, 4,400 as well. So overall, uh, we see the, the uptrend intact. Another thing is also when we look at the flows into US equities, we see that uh, basically the, the net flows are negative. Um, which, first of all, sounds um, yeah uh, counterintuitive, but in the past ten years, this has been an indicator or a good indicator of rising uh, prices. So, also from that side, we have uh, some support on the index. So, uh, after all, we we see the uptrend intact, and uh, this is a short-term consolidation so far. The four thousand three hundred should hold. 
Okay, um, let's have a look at bonds now then. The US 10-year Treasury yield is at 4.2% this morning. Can it stay around this level, do you think? The US Treasuries, from the historic point of view, around the 4%, 4.5% has been like their most traded level since the 1960s. Um, what we have seen now in the in the US Treasuries has been an attempt to um, to trade above the 4.34% level, uh, but it came back. Uh, it basically created a, a, a doji there on a, on a weekly basis. This is a candle which has a, the open and the close very close together and the high and the low a bit further apart. So there has been trading action through the day, but in the end it closed uh, quite close to the open. And this is usually a measure or an indication of uh, insecurity in the market. So uh, what we see now, this uh, uh, close to the 4.34 level, we can see there uh, a bit of a short-term um, yeah, consolidation or short-term weakness uh, from the recent up move. The important resistance is the 4.34. Um, the next supports uh, to the downside are 4.1 and 4, but uh, our view is uh, neutral on the treasuries. Uh, we think they stay like between 3.6, 3.9 and 4.34 around that levels. And let's finish with a question on currencies. The euro has strengthened versus the US dollar recently. What are your thoughts on this, the euro US dollar? Do you think the euro can hold at current levels? The euro dollar had a strong rally from its 2022 lows and it basically failed at the resistance at 1.1. So we have downgraded it to bearish. And um, we think uh, because it lost the, the, the price movement, lost a bit the steam, and we think it could, um, could move towards 1.05. But there seems to be a, a bit of a, a weakness uh, in the, or the, the recent up move has been uh, stopped at the 1.1 level, and we see um, this rather weak and downgraded it to bearish. Great. Thanks very much, Marcus. Interesting to get your thoughts this morning. Thank you, Helen. So that is all for today. Thanks again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and I'll be talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player.